Bible, you can open it to Acts chapter 9. We're going to be continuing our series in the book of Acts this morning as we look at the end of Acts chapter 9. And if you've been with us in our series in Acts, what we've been talking about is how Acts is a book that is about all that Jesus continues to do through his church, through his people, by the power of his spirit at work in and through them. And so that's what we're continuing to look at this morning is what Jesus continues to do and and why he doesn't. That's what we're looking at this morning. We're we're asking two questions. What is it that Jesus continues to do through his people? And and why does he continue to do this? What is is one of the biggest reasons that he continues his work in and through us? And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning in Acts chapter 9 as we look at uh, the healing of a paralyzed man and the resurrection of a dead woman. Uh, And so we're looking at what Jesus continues to do through his people by the power of his spirit this morning. In Acts chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 32 and go down through the end of the chapter. I'm going to read it for us uh, and then ask that you uh, join me in prayer and then we'll dive in together. So here's what Luke has written for us. He says, Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he, he, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. And there he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. And in those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the, to the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, as we come to your word this morning, we ask that you would give us understanding, that you would open our hearts, our our eyes, our ears, our minds to receive uh, from you what you would have us to hear today. We pray that you would teach us this morning. God, that you would help us to understand uh, your continuing work in us and through us and, and why you do the things that you do that we might serve you more faithfully. Lord, we pray all these things in your glorious, redeeming, and restorative name. Amen. So what does Jesus continue to do? Jesus, as we've said, and as we'll say, no doubt, again, continues to do mighty and miraculous works through his people by the power of his spirit. 
Luke in Acts chapter 9 towards the end here, he, he turns our attention uh, from, from Paul, who we had been looking at over the last couple of weeks, to, to now Peter, right? He's, he's reminding us that the story uh, that, that he's telling, that, the, that what Jesus is continuing to do, it's continuing to work through his people, uh, no matter which one, and, and, and he's focusing our attention on, on Peter, who has been a really key figure uh, in, in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life, right? Uh, Peter was one of Jesus' three closest disciples and friends. He walked with Jesus on a daily basis for three years and saw Jesus do incredible things, things that no man could do, things that only God could do. He watched the Messiah be the Messiah and then die and be risen from the grave so that he could have life in him forever. But remember, Peter was kind of this big, passionate dummy, right? I mean, if we're honest, that's kind of, that's kind of Peter. That's who, that's who he was, you know, and... And I'm sure, you know, Peter, Peter's up there and people have messed with him uh, plenty of times about that. Uh, and, and, and no doubt uh, we will as well. But uh, Peter was this big passionate dummy. He, he often made a fool of himself uh, with his words and his actions. And, and he was certainly no, no scholar or incredible public speaker or anything like that uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Peter, Peter was just a misfit like many of us, like you and me. He was just a guy who often screwed things up and was saved by God's grace. That's who Peter was. Peter wasn't just some incredibly gifted, righteous, amazing guy that like, we all need to look up to. No, he was a man just like you and me that, that Jesus did something in and through. You know, in one of Peter's worst moments, uh, Peter even denied Jesus, his Lord, his Savior, and his friend, three times in a moment where, where, where Jesus, uh, you know, seemingly might have needed him most. And Luke draws our attention to what Jesus is going to do in and through Peter now. Not because Peter has had this thing all figured out, but because Jesus is going to continue to work through his people. And Luke is continuing to show us that. Uh, and, and so let's look at it, look at it with me. Look at, look at verse 34. I want, I want you to draw your attention there. Uh, as Peter come, comes into this town, uh, and, uh, and this man has been paralyzed for eight years. This is what Peter says. And Peter said to him, and he asked, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. But do you notice who Peter said was doing the work? Peter didn't say, Aeneas, I heal you. I said, Jesus heals you. You see, Peter is not confused in the slightest. He knows that he needs God to do something that he cannot do in and of himself. As we go on in our passage and we get down to verse 40, we see that Peter, with the dead woman, with Dorcas, with Tabitha, he puts all of these people outside the room and he kneels down to pray. 
before he says Tabitha arrives, Peter gets on his knees. You know why? Because he needs God to do something in and through him. He doesn't just hold all this power that he can do with what he wants. No, God is at work in and through him. Jesus is continuing his work through Peter. And Peter knows this. Peter knows that there is nothing that he can do that is going to be good and helpful apart from Jesus doing it in and through him. I mean, mean, this is why we pray, right? We pray because we need God. We need what God has that we're lacking, We need God to do something that we are unable to do ourselves. This is why we ask things of God. This is exactly what Peter is doing here. He's asking Jesus to do something that only Jesus can do, that he's seen Jesus do before. And so what does Jesus continue to do? Jesus continues to do mighty and miraculous works through his people by the power of his spirit. The thing about miracles, though, is, uh, you know, I think we come to these passages in Scripture and, and we, hear, we hear somebody preaching, somebody like myself, say, say Jesus works mightily in and through his people, right? We, we read it here and then we hear somebody say that and then we think about our lives and we think, when is the last time that I saw a paralyzed man healed? When is the last time that I saw a dead woman raised to life? And I don't know about you, but I think... Never. I've never seen that. Right? I'm the one preaching this to you. I, I've never seen it with my own two eyes. Never. The, the thing about miracles, uh, and, and you've probably heard me say this before, is that miracles are by their very nature rare. Right? The, the idea of a miracle is that it's something out of the ordinary. It's something that doesn't happen every day. It's, it's something unexpected and powerful and supernatural. It, 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 it supersedes what is the natural order of things. It's miraculous. It's rare. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's unexpected. Peter and the apostles, they, they saw Jesus do some things more often than many of us uh, have ever or will ever see in our entire lives in the span of a few years. Does that mean that God doesn't still do these things? No. It doesn't mean that God doesn't still do miracles today. He does. You know, I, I have prayed with with other groups of believers for God to do things that doctors couldn't do and, and I've seen him do things that doctors couldn't figure out. Maybe you have too. God still does miraculous things. They're just not the everyday norm. But we don't often remember that about miracles. And so when we hear somebody like myself say, Jesus continues to do mighty and amazing, miraculous things through his people, I think I'm not sure that that's true because I haven't seen it happen in my own life. Well, maybe you won't see Jesus use you to heal a paralyzed man. 
Maybe Jesus won't use you to raise a dead woman from the grave. But that doesn't mean for a second that Jesus won't still be using you in mighty and amazing, incredible ways. It doesn't. You see, we read things like this in Scripture and we think that our, our focus gets drawn to it and then we wonder why it doesn't line up with our lives. But, but think about all the other disciples, all the other believers who followed Jesus. Do you think that he didn't do amazing, mighty, incredible things in and through them? Do you think that he didn't use them to spread the news about what he had done? You think that he didn't use them in the lives of those who were in a broken and hopeless place to give them the light of life in Jesus? You see, you may not be used to heal a paralyzed man or, or a dead woman, but if you are a believer in Christ, a follower of Jesus, then you will be used by God to see many come to know the saving name of Jesus and have spiritual and eternal life forever. So you may not see a physical life restored before your very eyes. But if you're serving Jesus, then there will be people who have eternal life forever because Jesus worked in and through you. Which brings us to why is it that Jesus is doing these things in Acts chapter 9 and why is it that he continues to do mighty incredible things in and through his people in a variety of ways across the span of redemptive history? Why is it that Jesus continues to work through his people? Let's look at it together uh, as we get into our, our second question. Uh, I want you to notice that as, as we jump into to this passage about Tabitha and, or Dorcas, you know, you know I, I hear that name Dorcas, and I just, you know, it, to our ears, it sounds so unfortunate, right? Um, because it sounds a lot like Dork, you know? Um, I, I don't think it would have sounded the same way to them. Um, you know, the, the name actually meant something like gazelle, you know? It was meant to be something beautiful. To us, it, it just has the ring of... Like, oh, what a dork, you know. But, but this woman that is being described here, she was incredibly respected and honored in her community. You know why? Because she loved Jesus and she loved people. You know what she was known for? She was known for her acts of kindness and charity to those who were in need. She was the lady who spent her, her nights making clothing for those who couldn't afford it. And, and, and it seems that she probably had, had resources because she was able to do this, right? So this is, this is potentially a, a successful woman, uh, a woman who has a lot, and she chooses to use her time and her resources, all that God has blessed her with, for the benefit of the community around her. And so the people, they, they grieve when they've lost her. Because she's meant so much to them. Because in and through her, they have seen the love of Jesus. Many of them, no doubt, probably know Jesus and walk with him now because they saw the love of Christ in and through her. And they heard probably from her mouth about who Jesus was and what he had done for her. And so this woman, she, she dies. And they're grieving. And they hear that Peter is nearby and they ask Peter to come. 
And he does. And again, Luke points out that the miraculous work of Christ, uh, he points out what it does in causing many to believe in him. Did you catch this in the first passage we looked at? In verse 35, here's what... Here's what Luke says after Peter hears the paralyzed man. He says, And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. And then he goes on in the second passage about, about Tabitha or Dorcas being raised from the dead. And in verse 42, he sums it up this way. He says, And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. You want to know why Jesus continues to work through his people? You want to know why Jesus does what he does? It's so that many will believe. That many will turn to the Lord and trust in him. The one source of true redemption and life that is everlasting. You know, it, it reminds me of, of something that John wrote about why he wrote his gospel, why he recorded all the things about Jesus' life and ministry, all the, the miraculous things that Jesus did, his death and resurrection, uh, his interactions with his disciples and, and others. Um, and, and John, at the end of his gospel, he he tells us at the end of this historical account about Jesus' miracles and life and ministry. He writes at the end of that gospel, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's why John writes about the miracles that Jesus did. Honestly, it's why Luke and the others do as well. It's so that we would believe who Jesus is and what he's done. You know, you might say, but pastor, I, I, I have prayed for God to do miracles in my life, to do incredible things. And not just in my life, but in the lives of those that I love and that I care for. And, and he just hasn't. I want, I want to read you what comes right before the end of John's gospel when he says that he records all these things so that we might believe in Jesus. Because these verses about Jesus doing these miraculous things so that we would believe, they come right after Jesus reveals himself to be alive and well to doubting Thomas. I think that's intentional. I think there's a reason for that. That John sums up everything he's been writing about Jesus, that he says it's so that you would believe, and he tags it on the end right after uh, showing us this man who has doubted the very resurrection of Jesus, who has some questions himself and doesn't believe for a moment. You know, Thomas, Thomas too was a disciple of Jesus who walked with him for three years and saw Jesus do more things than probably you or I might ever see do in our lifetime in the span of three years. Thomas himself had seen Jesus raise the dead. He knew Jesus could do this kind of thing. And then when he heard that Jesus was risen from the grave, he had his doubts. He didn't believe that. 
He questioned it. Maybe you do as well. Maybe you hear about all the incredible things that, that God has done in the pages of Scripture. Maybe you hear from your, your Christian friends and, and family members that, that, that God still does mighty, incredible things, and, and you're just not sure. I get that. Because miracles are rare. You know, we don't see them every day. It doesn't mean that because we haven't seen them that they don't happen. But I understand why you would be in a place where, where you would have some questions and some doubts. Because here's the thing, even those who walked with Jesus on a daily basis, who saw him do these things, had their doubts and their questions. You know, sometimes we act like we're, we're just supposed to have this all together, have it all figured out. But even those who were closest to Jesus didn't. Thomas has real doubt. And Jesus, because he loves him, because he's merciful, because he's gracious, despite the fact that Thomas should believe, and because he should, because he's seen who Jesus is, there's no doubt about it from what he has seen. He should believe, right? But he doesn't. And, and, and Jesus goes to Thomas and, and very compassionately and graciously reveals himself to Thomas again. And Thomas believes. And Jesus responds like this. And, and, and I don't want you to hear that, that he didn't love Thomas, that he wasn't compassionate as Thomas, because he was, because he showed himself to him. But, but look at how Jesus responds in John 20, 29. He says, have you believed because you have seen me? He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That's, that's where most of us are, Right? Most of us probably won't hear God audibly speak to us. Most of us probably won't see God raise someone from the dead. Most of us probably won't be used to, to heal a paralyzed man or to give sight to the blind. Most of us probably won't experience some of those things that we read about in Scripture. You know, we think maybe that we should because we hear so much about them in Scripture. But the reality is, is that in between all of those miraculous things that God does is the mundane, everyday lives that he's still working in. Yeah, we have a, a ton of, of written accounts of God doing amazing, incredible, miraculous, supernatural things things that would be an absolute wonder to, to witness. But the reason that all of these things are recorded for you and me, the reason John says they are, the reason I would argue that a lot of scripture testifies to that they are, is that so those of us who haven't seen, so that we could still believe, See, Jesus continues to work through his people. He continues to do what he does so that you and I would believe. 
And we think that if God would just do what I'm asking him to do, then I would, then I would trust in him. If God would just heal my sick loved one. You know, I, this morning I, I woke up thinking about a friend of mine who has seen God do some incredible things in his life. Um, and, and like other disciples, he's, he, he's struggled in, in his walk with Jesus before and, and stumbled over himself too, just like all of us do. But, it, you know, part of his story is he was born deaf um, and he was adopted from India by uh, a, a Christian couple here in the States um, and they prayed for him. Uh, doctors couldn't figure out how to, how, to, how to help him get his hearing back, and they prayed. And, and God did choose to heal him. He gave him the ability to hear, and, and now he, he plays music and he sings, and, and he, can, he, he can hear something and, and he can play it perfectly. Doesn't matter the instrument. He, he can find the, the tune, the pitch, the, I don't know, music. So. <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like, a kid that was born deaf ended up leading worship later in his life. And the, the reason I was thinking about him this morning um, was because recently his mom died, last week. And, you know, that's a hard thing to deal with on a day like today. Um, and, you know, she had beaten cancer once, um, and had just recently been diagnosed again, um, and they said, you know, this is probably going to be the, the time, um, but you've probably got a month, and three days later, she was gone, and, uh, I mean, just a, a family who loves the Lord, you know, loves Jesus, has spent their lives pouring themselves out so that others would know the love of Christ. And you don't think that they were praying that God would heal her? Absolutely. For some reason, he, he didn't this time. You know, we think that, here's why I bring this up, we think that if God would just do our miracle, then, then we wouldn't have any doubts then we would believe, then we would obey, then, then we would walk with him, and then, then we would make our lives about serving him. But friends, the reality is, is that even people like, like Peter and Thomas, who, who saw Jesus constantly doing miracles, who, who had read about the miracles God had done in the past and then saw with their very eyes him do them again, even they struggled to believe. Even they doubted. The reality is, is there are many people who witnessed the miracles of Jesus in front of their very eyes, saw him do these things, and they did not believe. They doubted, and some even refused entirely and walked away from him. So friend, I just have to lovingly tell you today, God doing your miracle may not be what gives you faith. It might. 
God may use it in that way in your life. He might do that. He sometimes does these things. But even if he doesn't, we have what's written here for us so that we would know who Jesus is, whether or not he does what we want him to do, so that we would know that it's not a question of whether or not he loves us because he does. You know, the, same, the Gospel of John, where, where we just read from, that he, John said that these things are recorded for us, the miracles and, and things that Jesus did, so that we would believe the same Gospel account of Jesus' life. It says that Jesus came because God loved the world. Because he wanted us in relationship with him. Jesus continues to do what he does through his people so that we would believe because he wants relationship with us. He wants relationship with you today, right now, forever. Listen, I don't know what you bring into the room this morning. I don't know what you've been praying for God to do and, and maybe not seeing him do it. Maybe you have seen him do it and, and you still haven't responded in faith. Whether, wherever you're at this morning, I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. I know that if God decides to do that miracle you've been praying for, it's because he loves you and he cares about you. And I know that if he decides in his infinite wisdom that we often don't understand because we're finite and we can't possibly grasp the enormity and the entirety of the picture, we can't know the things that he knows, and if he decides in that infinite wisdom to not do what we've prayed for him to do, that that doesn't mean for a second that he doesn't love you and care about you. That it, it may be I'm actually loving you in ways that you don't understand right now. You know, sometimes, sometimes, I'm not saying this is your story, but for some people it is. Sometimes God knows that if he does what we ask him to do, we'll just walk away from him thinking we don't need him. Sometimes he allows us to go through some really hard things in life because if we didn't, we would never recognize that we need him more than we need his stuff. And we need him more than we need what we ask him to do. Because if we have everything but we don't have Jesus, we have nothing in the end. But if we have nothing but we have Jesus, then we have everything. I know that this won't make sense to some of you. You know, Paul talks about the good news of Jesus in this way. He, he, he says that it, it confounds the wisdom of this world. That it just doesn't click. It just doesn't make sense with the way that we think about life, the way we think about things. But I know that Jesus continues to work through his people, and so I know that it's possible that even now, despite the fact that maybe it's never made sense to you before, that maybe right now for you, maybe it is clicking for the first time. 
Or maybe for some of you who have walked with him for a long time and you've been struggling, maybe, maybe he's showing you something new today. Because I know that Jesus continues to work through his people so that we would believe in him. And so wherever you're at today, I'm going to pray. And I would encourage you to pray as well. You know, if, if you want to pray the words that I pray after me, you can, you, can, you can pray the same kinds of things that I pray. And God hears you. And if you want to ignore what I'm praying about and you just want to ask God to meet you where you are, you want to pray what you need to pray, then do that. And, you know, if, if you want somebody to pray with you, after service today, I'll be up here. You, there's people around you that would love to pray with you. I just want you to know you're loved by God today. He wants a relationship with you, and he does what he does so that you would believe. I don't know where you're at in life, but I'm, my prayer is that he's drawing you to himself right now. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you for all the things that you have done. And God, in the midst of a life that is often mysterious and confusing, filled with ups and downs, triumphs and hardships, gosh, on a day like today, when I know that there are so many different emotions that we experience, everything from love and laughter to, to, to tears and grief and everything in between, God, God, you know where we're at. You see us and you care for us. And, and so, God, I pray that, that my friends w- would know that today. I pray that you would meet them where they're at in the midst of their doubts and their questions. I pray that you would compassionately reveal yourself to them once again. And God, you know that some of us are in the place where where we have those things that have have kept us from you. And so so God, we pray, would you would you remove those things that keep us from you? Would you help us to walk with you? Would you cause us to believe in you? Would you cause us to love you? That we might be used by you. That you might use us mightily so that many would come to know you, that many would turn to you and believe as well because of how you used us. So God, would you do that in us and through us? Would you work in and through us so that many would believe? Jesus, we ask it in your redeeming and beautiful name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to change it up a little bit on us and... uh sermon went a little different way than I thought it would, so I think uh, let's go sing Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery again as we think about this this God who still does miracles, and I mean, what greatest, what greater miracle have we experienced than him saving us? He has regenerated our, our hearts. He's made us new and brought us to communion forever with him, so let's let's stand and let's sing of this this wondrous mystery that Christ has done in our lives.